Migrants in Ireland. Hello there, welcome to Migrants in Ireland again. I'm sorry my voice has given up on me a little bit, but I think you can still understand. And this week I have talked to a migrant from Rwanda. He's actually a miner. He arrived on his own here uh, two years ago. His name is Boris. He's living in the Direct Provision Centre at Kinsale Roundabout in Cork. Uh, Boris is a miner. He arrived here on his own with no parents and uh, he's trying to get through all this ordeal on his own as well. So um, it's a very interesting and a very touching interview. Have a listen. Where are you from, Boris? Tell me first. from Rwanda in East Africa. And when did you come to Ireland? I came to Ireland in 2013, in November. You look very young to me, Boris. How old are you? I'm almost 18. Almost 18. Okay. And um, did you come here on your own? Yeah, I came here on my own, yeah. Where are you staying? I'm staying in Kinsale Road Accommodation Centre. In direct provision? Yeah, direct provision, yeah. As a minor. And do you have parents here? I don't. I came here on my own. Came here on your own. That must have been pretty tough, no? Yeah, it was was so tough, yeah. Yeah. And so you've been here since 2013? Yeah. Two years? Two years now, yeah. And you're still in the direct provision centre? Yeah, I am, yeah. How do you find that? How do you find life there for a teenager on his own? Oh, it's really hard, like extremely hard. In what way? Mm, first of all, I feel like this, the precious time of my, my lifetime, like being a teenager, that was the time I should be with my family and living a lovely life. But I find myself in direct provision, living on my own and stress stationed every day. Psychologically, it's, it's not easy. And you go to school here in Cork? Oh yeah, I go to school. I go to Douglas Cork. Yeah, I was in transition year and I'm going to fifth year. Okay. And and how do people react when they know that you're in direct provision in your school? Well, some seem to wonder, but most of them seem to have no problem with it. But like, a few of them seem to understand like what I go through. They seem to feel my pain. A few of them, yeah. And are there other children from migrants in your in your class, or are you the only one there? Uh, there are a few black people as well in my class. Yeah, and a few like people from Poland and other different European countries. Yeah. Oh, it must be really hard. Do you ever invite friends over, or, or how do you deal with the social side of things? You know, boy your age needs to go out, needs to meet up with friends. Oh yeah, I do have a few friends from my school. A few though, because I haven't been there like that long. And I have a few friends like who are living in the same direct provision, Kinsale Road. Yeah, in Facebook, that's it. Yeah. Is there anyone who takes over the parental supervision? Let's say you would normally have your parents encouraging you, or how does that work for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's these other organizations which kind of like help me, like NASC. And there is this place where I was doing my work experience. There's this lovely lady who helps me, like, financially and advisors and stuff. Yeah, those are the people who, who really help me. But apart from that, no one else is there for me. So you really are on your own, basically? You're, I am, yeah. Say I'm on my own, yeah. And do you find it hard to keep yourself going? Like, you have to, you want to, I'm sure you want to achieve something. You're a very clever boy, so you want to go to third-level education. And, and do you find it hard to keep yourself motivated? Though? Oh, yeah, sometimes it's it's hard, like, to, to move on where you know that... Maybe at the end of the day, if I finish my high school, I won't have an opportunity to go to college. It's so discouraging and stuff. But yeah, we just 
sometimes I just close my eyes and say, only God will help. Like, yeah, it's so discouraging when you know that you're doing something, but you never continue what it, what you want to do, like because of the situation you have. Yeah. Have you been away from Rwanda for a long time? You've been in other countries before you came to Ireland. Mm, not really, not really. And did you leave there because of the situation in the country? Was oh it? yeah, because of the situation, because of who I am, and because of what my dad was. Mm-hmm. There's some political issues and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so you had to go. Yeah, I had, I had, I had, I had to run for my life. Well, that's uh, something very few teenagers here in Ireland would be able to understand even, wouldn't it? I mean, do you ever talk about that with your friends? Do they ever ask you? Uh, most of them are interested in know where I came from, but not why I came from that place to here. Mm. So I don't really discuss like that matter with most of my friends. But some of the teachers, I really, they really want to know like my story and help me and stuff. If they really want to know my story, just go ahead and open up and let them know what I want to do, what I want to know I mean. Okay. A lot of people always ask, why do people choose Ireland? So I will just ask you this question now. Why did you come to Ireland? Was Did you choose to come to Ireland or was it by accident? Oh yeah, I didn't sit down and plan like to go to Ireland. Or was it my plan to, to travel to Ireland? Remember that time I was only like 15, 16. And what happened basically is my dad used to be a captain like way back. So he still had like... He wasn't secure, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he had to leave the country and he had to make sure I get out of the country. So the only option which was there was to come to Ireland. There was a certain person who organized, like, how I could get to Ireland. Was it some, someone you paid, like a trafficker? Or yeah, what? someone my dad had to pay to make sure I'm safe. I'm going to a safe country. And this is where I was born. Like, but I didn't sit down and plan to come to Ireland. No, so he it was actually the guy who trafficked who decided right. it would be Ireland. Yeah. All my dad wanted was me to like to go to a safe country, be safe. And he went on his life. As he's always been a soldier, so And and safe. how did it work now? Did you just take a plane? Did you let did they let you on the plane? From Rwanda we had to go to Uganda, who stayed there. I stayed there with that man for like two weeks or something. And from Uganda we had to take the plane to Amsterdam, from Amsterdam to Ireland. Okay. That's how it went, yeah. And did that man come with you? Yeah, the man came with me to the airport, until the airport was like... In Uganda? What, no, until the airport in Dublin. Okay. And from there, like, he had to let me do, like, I had to seek asylum right there. Uh, from there, I didn't see him again. That must have been very scary for you. My God, it was. It was. It wasn't easy. Arriving there and saying, I'm seeking asylum for a boy your age was not easy. It was not easy at all. Yeah. And, and were they being kind to you? Were you being received with respect? Uh, I'd say everything was new. It was a different environment, seeing different people and stuff. Like, it wasn't that harsh until I was thrown in direct provision. I felt like I was thrown in hell. Like, couldn't survive it from being with my dad and my family to being alone in direct provision. Psychologically, it was like killing you. In Europe as well, you'd never been to Europe before. Never been here before, and then my English was not like my English is still bad, but then it was worse, and it wasn't easy. And in direct provision, were you left on your own in a room, or did you have to share your room with? I had to share room with two people, a small room with two people, which was never easy as well. People from different countries, people who have different like behavior, smokers, people who used to drink. Yeah, it was one hell of a. An experience in a lifetime. And were those people grown-ups? Were they adults? Oh, yeah, they were. Like One of them was like 34, and the other one was a bit younger, 28. Yeah. And you were thrown in with them? 
with them, yeah, share the room with them in Basaskin. Your parents now, do you, do you hope to ever see them? Do, will, will you see them soon, or do you have any hopes at all for the near future? Any idea what's going to happen? Uh, as for my dad, he's, he's now in exile. Yeah, I hope to see him one day. I would love to see him one day, if God allows. Mm-hmm. And my little sister is including my, my baby sister, who's like only three or something. Oh yeah, as for my mom, my mom is dead, so... Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I hope to see my dad one day. It's a tough one being here, not knowing what's going on. And oh yeah, it's, it's not easy, to be honest. It's not easy. Mm. How do you keep a sane mind in all this? I mean, how do you keep yourself going? Oh yeah, what kept me going at the first time was um, going to NASC. When I went to NASC, I met these people... They like they, they gave me hope that I could do it. They enrolled me in school, and from there I met some friends. And yeah, now I'm kind of like used a little bit. Yeah, but like at first, like firstly when I went to that provision when I was, I was living there on my own, I used to wrap myself in the room, start crying, remembering my family and stuff. It was never easier. And are you in contact with your family over the internet or? Not my father, like, but my aunties and my cousins. I do talk to them on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. But like, as for my dad, he only called me once to say he got my number from my auntie. Called me, he was like, oh, I'm fine, and the sisters are fine, still in Congo. Your dad is in Congo? Yeah, he's in Congo in exile, yeah. Which is a very volatile place as well, isn't it, Congo? It's not that safe. It is, it's not, it's not. He's being hunted, like, he's always running for his life. Yeah. And hopefully, maybe one day you can reunite here. Yeah, I always feel sorry for my like, my sister. I have a sister who's only three. She's turning three on the 29th, I think. Oh, yeah, she's the only one who I think of the most because she lost the mother when she was like a year old. So I still like, wonder how, how is she surviving without a mother. Where is your sister now? Is she still in Rwanda? Uh, my one sister is in Uganda now. That's what I heard. She's in Uganda. She's a big grown. She's like 14. But like the younger one who's like 12 and the other one who's like 3 they are with my dad in Congo now tough story isn't it um, yeah it is it's still yeah. working yeah yeah and what is your aspiration and what would you like to do in the future here in Ireland oh what I would like to do in my future is something to do with music production producing music and that that's one side and the other thing I would have to do is engineering engineering like going to third level education and get like education and become an engineer fantastic oh, yeah. so an engineer and a music producer at the same time and I believe I can do it absolutely and, and right. they, they could work together couldn't they yeah, two they of them yeah. and, and one of our outlets I guess is rapping oh yeah rapping is yeah part of my life I'd say do you write your own lyrics oh yeah I do my own stuff yeah yeah and what is it about mostly mostly it's about life like my music depicts my life mostly yeah I tell my life story in music Mostly. Yeah. Okay, well, it's really nice of you to come here and to tell us all those things, and uh, hopefully people will understand a bit more what the stories are behind these these faces they see, and, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand and just have prejudices, and so I think it's nice to, to hear these stories. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we listen to your rap now. There's this song called Oceans of Tears I Cried. Wow. Yeah. Does anyone 
Jay. Said I'm here. I'm right here. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. I'm drowning in the washing of my own tears These songs come from my soul, the birds keep singing This week alive just to fill me with a bread of sorrow Bleeding and crumbling hard in front of closed doors Walking in darkness, my heart beats the wrecks My steps, they're blocking my way My destiny is wrapped in pain Long sleepless nights, hoping for a brighter day I need a guardian angel to take the pain away now pieces of my broken heart are scattered, rejected soul The light of my life is covered, I'm crawling in the mist I'm blindly feeling, inch after inch The ship of my life is sinking, my cross is too heavy I'm weary, I'm hopeless, alone in the desert Someone please come Moses, I've been mountains and babies I've been in tragic arrivals, cause all my days I've been crying I'm slowly dying in silence And all the games that we played, dreams and ambitions All the promises that we made I ain't got no tear dropped until my hustle was clean All my days are beat Mondays, the sun does exist I can't swim in joy and river where depression flows huh? Does anyone care? Yeah Does anyone know that I am here? Right here Does anyone care? Yeah So that was the wonderful Boris, uh, what a nice boy, uh, great rapper as well, fantastic lyrics. I think he's a very talented boy and he's going to go far and um, he deserves all the support he can get. So that was Boris, that was um, a story of a migrant who's living in direct provision, a minor with no parents here, trying to battle through his life on his own. He's an amazing, an amazing boy. So thank you for listening and uh, do come back to me next week. If you'd like to get involved in this, if you'd like to let your story be heard, please do contact me on our Facebook page, which is Migrants in Ireland. My voice is now completely going, so I think I'd better be quiet <laughs> by now. Uh, thanks for listening once again and till next time. <laughs>